This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman, CPA. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And today we have a little bit of a different episode that we're going to do. Um, we have a, a wonderful guest we're going to talk about uh, in the first part of the show. We're, we're going to talk about giving back to the dental community. And my guest is uh, Dr. Gary Glassband, who is uh, a practicing dentist in Long Beach, California, and who is very involved in something called CDA Cares. Now, for those of you who are dentists and in the dental profession in California, um, you're probably familiar with this. If you're not, you will be in a couple of minutes. Uh, but we're also going to talk about how dentists across the United States can give back. And, and this is about providing dental care to people who are needy of it. And there's millions of people who do not have access to dental care. And then the other thing we're going to talk about today is is a topic I've gotten a lot of questions on email about, which is um, how do you choose a CPA? What does a regular CPA versus a dental-specific CPA do? And we're going to talk about all of that today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what what um, what I do as well as the folks at the Academy of Dental CPAs do uh, and how we serve our clients and, and what you should be expecting. I mean, it wouldn't it be nice if before you uh, had a new patient come into your office, you had a whole little list of, okay, so I've not been to a dentist like forever, and now I'm going to a dentist. And, and, and what should I expect? Well, we're going to give you a little roadmap today of what to expect um, from a CPA. So we're going to do that today. I'm going to give you a little information first. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, California, the number is 714-505-9000. And you can ask for me, Art Wiederman, and I'll be happy to chat with you. Uh, if you want to email me, you can go ahead and email me at artwiederman at gmail.com. Uh, we have also forged, uh, as I've told you in prior episodes, a wonderful, wonderful partnership with Decisions in Dentistry magazine. And we have a web page and some information for you on the web page. Um, there are over 80,000 subscribers to this uh, incredible research-based clinical magazine. Uh, and they have a great website. Go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, click on click on the About tab, and then you can subscribe if you're not a subscriber. And just go to their website and look at all the great information, articles, continuing education courses. Um, also, uh, if you want to go to our website and see all of the podcasts, and a lot of the recent podcasts are on the Decisions website, as well as our website, which is www.hmwccpa.com. Uh, go to the resources tab and then go to the podcast tab and you can see all 60, 62, 63 podcasts that we've done. We're getting up there. Uh, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful journey. Uh, one thing I do want to share with you is that we're going to be doing some seminars on transitions here in Southern California. 
On April 17th, you can see me along with uh, uh, my friend Pat Wood and Kathleen Johnson. We do a seminar. We've done this for many years um, on uh, transitions and dental practices. Uh, this is both for buyers and sellers of dental practices. So if you're looking at buying and you're looking at selling, we talk about not only the legal aspects of it, the management aspects, what you need to do to get your practice ready and what you need to look for if you're looking at a dental practice. And then I talk about uh, valuation, tax ramifications, what people are looking for. So we have one seminar on April 17th at the Sportsman's Lodge in Studio City and one on May 1st uh, at the California Center of the Arts in Escondido in North San Diego County. Uh, the seminars run 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and you get seven CE credits in practice management. If you are interested in registering for our seminars, please email Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-A, at dentalattorneys.com or call their office, which is 949-553-1474. All right, well, let's get started. And one of the things that I love about dentists and working with dentists, I've done this, as you know, for 35 plus years is that the dental profession in general, dentists specifically, are some of the most giving, caring human beings I have ever met. I've had the option, uh, the opportunity to, to refer clients, uh, to refer friends to dentists in a particular area because a lot of my friends obviously know that I'm a dental CPA. And every time I talk to my clients about, you know, when I refer them somebody, it's just unbelievable how caring and concerned they are and they ask great questions. And, and one of the great things that we have here in California is we have the California Dental Association and the California Dental Association Foundation. And one of the things that the CDA does every year is something called CDA Cares. And what CDA Cares is, it's, it's a, it's a collaboration between the California Dental Association and the CDA Foundation. It's a program that allows volunteer dentists with the assistance of other dental professionals and community volunteers to provide dental services at no charge to about 2,000 people at each event. That, that's huge. These are people that would never have access to dental care. My guest today is um, a, a wonderful practicing dentist, Dr. Gary Glassband, who's very much involved in the CDA. Um, and uh, Gary is a practicing dentist in Long Beach, California. Um, he's not only on the uh, board of directors for the dental, the dentist supply company, but he's also on the advisory board of managers for CDA Care. So, Dr. Gary Glassband, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Hello, Art. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. So uh, I've known about CDA Cares for, for many, many years, and I've seen uh, CDA is uh, one of my Instagram friends, and I see the wonderful, wonderful things that you do. So uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about CDA Cares and, and the event? Um, I think it's uh, July 17th and 18th. Uh, so let's, let, let's give some information out and, and talk about what you do. Okay, gladly. So a CDA Cares event is a two-day, no-cost dental clinic that's put on in a particular community, usually at a convention center or it might be at a um, a large facility where they hold uh, county fairs or something. It's, it's a big deal. So what will happen in those two days is we will set up 100 dental chairs and we will intake about 2,000 patients, whether they have a relationship with us or not, no questions asked. And from there, we'll do a, a medical evaluation to see if they're suitable to have dentistry. We'll do a dental interview. We'll take radiographs 
We'll actually diagnose dental needs and we will treat patients. We'll actually do dental treatment on, over those two days. So, we'll do fillings. Yeah. So, so you have a 100 operatory office. Uh, in this case, it's going to be at the Long Beach Convention Center. Uh, so, so you, you build, you build a 100 operatory dental office, right? Yeah, we do. We do it in about eight hours, actually. We come in wow. Friday and Saturday. So we'll come in on a Thursday. We'll be there at 8 a.m. And with the help of another nonprofit that's national, the America Dental Cares Foundation, they will bring in a semi-truck, which is a do-it-yourself, put-it-together dental clinic. So with we'll, a forklift will come out. We'll bring out all these pallets. And using a bunch of volunteers, we will set up a 100-chair dental clinic that will be cordoned off into different areas. So one of the requirements for a CDA Cares is about 100,000 square feet. Wow. Well, uh, the Long Beach, uh, I've been to the convention center and it definitely qualifies. So you need volunteers and ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please. If you are listening to this, uh, to this podcast uh, and, and mark down July 17th and 18th on your calendar, we need, who do we, who do we need Dr. Glassman? We need 18 years or older able-bodied people from any walk of life. We are going to have about 600 dental and medical professionals that are going to volunteer. But to make a CDA CARES work, we need 1,200 people from the community to also help do things like helping us set up the clinic, helping us do line control, helping with food services, helping with escorting the patients from point A to point B, managing the families, uh, doing paperwork, putting together clipboards, helping tear down, you name it, we have a job for everybody. So it could be a family event, if a dentist or a hygienist or a dental assistant volunteers, they can bring their whole family that's over 18, and, and we have jobs for everybody. Well, I, I depend on jobs for everybody. That, that's great. Well, I will tell you that I've checked my calendar. I, I will certainly try and be there. I'm going to talk to the folks at our CPA firm, HMWC. We have a charitable outreach group and see if we can get some some folks to help you. Now, in addition to people, so if you are a dentist, a dental hygienist, a dental assistant, a dental front office person, or just a human being with two arms and two legs who is uh, vertical and breathing that particular day, uh, please please mark down July 17th and 18th, and we'll talk about this in uh, episodes of our of our podcast coming up. Uh, and 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 now, couple things. Number one, I'm assuming, like any other organization, you might need some donations. Now, are you looking for, obviously, not only money, but, but are you looking for, I mean, dentists to donate, like, dental supplies and, and, and equipment if they can? What, what, how, can other, how can people help that way? Okay, so we do do, and under volunteers, I want to emphasize one other group. We need laboratory assistants. So if our laboratory assistants are listening or laboratory owners or dentists that have a great relationship with the dental lab, or a laboratory owner, we also need those folks on hand too to volunteer their talent because we're going to be making dentures and stay plates. Now, also, I, I know that there's a lot of professional people who listen to my podcast. We have bankers, we have attorneys, we have brokers, we have um, dental consultants and coaches. For all of you that are not dentists but who work with professionals, um, in the dental profession, please, please, please send emails out to your database. Let them know about uh, CDA Cares. If you go on to uh, www.cdafoundation.org backslash cda-cares, you'll see all the information about it. Uh, also, uh, you're accepting individual and corporate donations of money too, I would assume. We are. So to backtrack to your earlier question about two types of donations. 
there's an opportunity to donate anything from $5, $100, $500. That can be done directly through the CDA CARES website. For those that want to make larger donations and be sponsors who have advertising on all of our wonderful T-shirts that we hand out, 2,000 T-shirts will go out into the community, kind of like uh, race day 5K T-shirts. Those are uh, the $50,000 uh, donators, we five, ten thousand, 10,000, and so forth. And there's also something, if you have a company who wants to compete against another company, we can set up a crowdsource page, and through texting, you can have people give 2 or $3, and if you have a two or 300-person company, maybe you donate 1000 and someone down the street donates 1500 wow. or something like I that. Wow, I love so that. There's plenty of ways to donate money. Well, and, and we can definitely use the funds. Well, folks, as you all know, I'm sure many of you listening are involved in charitable organizations and charitable causes. And again, I, I know the folks at CDA and the folks at the CDA Foundation, and um, they do just an incredible job uh, in doing it. So again, let me give out this information. Um, the Long Beach Convention and Entertainment Center, July 17th and 18th of 2020 which means the weather will be good. You'll be right by the ocean. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, downtown Long Beach. Um, and we're looking for uh, volunteers. We're looking, again, for dentists, dental assistants, dental hygienists, dental front office people, and, again, anybody else who's willing to just come down and lend a hand um, uh, for this wonderful, wonderful event. So, uh, Dr. Dr. Um, Dr. Glassman, how um, if someone is interested and they want more information, uh, is, is there a phone number or a person to contact? You can do it two ways. You can Google cdafoundation.org, and that will take you straight to the CDA Foundation webpage, and there's a link there to, that you can click through to do anything from donate money to volunteer to sign up for a time slot, any Anything conceivable having to do with donation or volunteering, you can go straight to a link. Or you can call the Harvard Dental Society. That's my local dental society in Long Beach. And our phone number is 562-595-6303. And our executive director and staff will be happy to give you information and help you locate yourself within there. Fantastic. So please, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, write down that date. Again, July 17th and 18th of 2020. Come down, come help. I, I, these folks have fun, and it's just so wonderful. I'm, I'm imagining, uh, Doctor Glassman, that when when you get a young man or a young woman or, or an older man or an older woman who walks out of there, and maybe they've never, maybe they've never seen a dentist before. I, I would think that the the looks on their faces and the smiles and the happiness is is probably pretty amazing, huh? Well, there's two things that we get universally. One is people can't believe that a group of dentists and, and healthcare professionals would give up a couple of days of their time to help them. And they're always very moved by that. Secondly, since we do a, about a hundred arches of dentures on patients that have no teeth, or let's say somebody missing their front teeth, something that's fantastic to see is when people get teeth, their self-esteem, the way they look goes up. And we, it's not uncommon to see the other patients stand up and applaud. And that wow. is just the absolute amount of recognition. I mean, I'm happy for them. They're happy for each other. The dentists get a great charge out of doing it, but we get a lot back from it. The patients are just universally just appreciative. It's, it's magnificent. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I talk about this every week. 
dentists, uh, from my, my wonderful, wonderful dentist listening to this podcast out there, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not the easiest job in the world. You're running a business. You've got all kinds of pressures and frustrations. But at the end of the day, you guys, you women, wonderful um, men and women in the dental profession are changing lives. You're not, you're not just fixing teeth. You're, you're looking at a better, a better life, a better self-esteem, a better job, a better relationship for these people. And, and, and like I say, and again, I'm a broken record and I'll keep saying it. When we transition dental practices, I always talk to the selling dentist when we sign the contract and I say, think about the thousands and thousands of people whose lives you've made for the better. And, and that's what it's about, isn't it? It, it really is. You know, there's something I wanted to say because we emphasized a lot about people volunteering. If, if you're a family and you want to come down and be treated as CDA cares, you can bring your minor children. We have a full uh, pediatric practice there. We keep the families together. One of the services that we're going to be offering is for pediatrics is trying to find these youth and these children a permanent dental home. So we're about changing the community in a, in a positive way forever. It, it is kind of amazing because in those two days, We'll do a million and a half dollars worth of services. If you can imagine how long that takes for one person to do. I mean, it's, it's, we accomplish a lot in two days. I, I, I would imagine. And again, obviously the, the California Dental Association convention is May 14th through the 16th. We'll have a booth there. Um, and, uh, Dr. Glassband and, and CDA has a big area, uh, right in front as you walk in. So if you have any questions, you can certainly ask about that. Uh, the other thing I want to talk to you about today, and, and thank you again so much for, for taking your time to do this is I, I know that, that you and I have talked about how this is not just a California thing. This is uh, organizations all over the country, dental society, because we have a national following in our podcast in you know, all 50 states and about 60 countries, um, uh, probably 70 countries by now. Um, so talk a little bit about how other dental societies do get involved in this type of work and how they can if they're not doing it. Um, actually, there is a there is a way that this happens a process. So we all the dental equipment that we use comes from the America Dental Cares Foundation, which is a national foundation, and they can be contacted. And they have a handbook for anybody, any state dental society that wants to put on an event. We've branded ours as CDA Cares, but the national branding is MOM. It's called a Mom's Event, and I know that they take place. When you see the van pull up and you'll see a, a, a state, a map of the United States on the side, there'll be a star in every state they've had an event. They've had about, it looks like between 38 and 45 states have had events. But if you're interested, you're in a local dental society out of state, you're in your state association, you can reach out through your executive director to the America Dental Cares Foundation National, and they will help you. If you've done one before and you feel pretty secure with it, it's, it's very transactional. If you've never done anything like this at your state level and you want to get involved, they have a beautiful paperback. It's about oh, 100 pages, and it's really a how-to manual. Everything from how to do your fundraising, how to find your location, who to ask for donations, what kind of how much food you're going to need to have at the event, everything. So they'll walk you through it. They'll hold your hand. They'll tell you what dental supplies to have on hand, who to invite, everything. So there is a way to take it from no knowledge at all, all the way up to a successful event. You should give yourself about a year to do that if, if that's your desire. Well, and, and again, we, we, we talk all the time about, and I, it depends on who you listen to, 
well over 50% of the American public does not visit a dentist on a regular basis. And there's probably two reasons for that. One of those reasons is that, you know, people just, unfortunately, if it doesn't hurt, they don't think they need to go to the dentist, which you and I both know is very untrue. But the other reason is people can't, in many cases, they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. They've, they've lost their jobs and they can't afford it. And that's why things like CDA Cares and all these other um, events around the country are so important. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not in California and you want to find out about your local um, uh, you know, your, your local state, I'd call your, probably call the state, state society and ask about it. Yeah. I, I would start out with your state association, so like the Arizona uh, dental association, the New Mexico, wherever you are, I would call the state association, go to their webpage and speak to the executive director. If you have a foundation in your state, you could contact them as well. Fantastic. But, um, one of the things I've done, I've, I've, I've attended 15 of these in, in the state of California. And I've had an opportunity to do intake interview with at least two or 300 patients. And the interesting thing is, without making any judgment or getting political about anything, we get every walk of life. I, I've had people there who have never seen a dentist. I have people there who, for whatever circumstance in life, they're down on their luck. And they relate stories of having a, a brilliant job in aerospace engineering and having lost their insurance and have lost everything sometimes. It could be because of a catastrophic illness. It could be for a number of reasons. But the people you meet and the people we talk to, they're, they're friends and neighbors. They're everybody else. And there are people who are down on their luck. There are people who are unemployed. So there, there's every realm of person there. So it's it, until you've been there and witnessed it and, and talked to these folks, you can't get a full range and understanding of what the need is in any one community and any large city. There's a, you know, a plethora of needs and different people that are come to these events. Well, uh, Dr. Gary Glassman, thank you so much for, for all you do for dentistry, all you do for this event, the CDA cares, uh, all you do for all these people that, that are, you know, they would never get to see a dentist if it were not for, for, for CDA Cares. And let me give out the information one more time. CDA Cares is in Long Beach at the Long Beach Convention and Entertainment Center on July 17th and 18th of 2020. Uh, again, we're looking for dentists, dental hygienists, dental assistants, uh, front office people, you know, people who are just there to help who are not in dentistry. Um, please, please, please call the Harbor Dental Society, uh, call the CDA Foundation. They'll, they'll give you, um, all the information you need to volunteer. So, Dr. Glassman, thank you so much for taking the time today. You're welcome, Mark. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Thank you, sir. And now let's get to our topic for today. Back in December, early December, I got a great email from one of our listeners, and I want to read a little bit of it to you. And here it goes. Hi, Art. I really enjoy your podcast. That's always a great way to start off. <laughs> it's always a great way to start off an email to me. It'll get my attention. Uh, I'd like to suggest doing a show on how to hire a dental CPA, utilizing their services, and knowing what to expect from them, a.k.a. how to know you're getting good service. Although this may sound easy, the two primary reasons I think this can be problematic for practitioners are, one, there's a strong compulsion to hire a CPA that's within close proximity to their offices, 
therefore availing yourself to the services of a true dental CPAs that may be several hours or states away. And two, there's a notion that you're best served by a CPA with offices in your home state because they're most familiar with your state laws. Uh, additionally, I think it would be useful to hear in detail how a successful CPA-dentist relationship works in a long-distance scenario, what technologies may be used, and how face-to-face meetings are replaced to the satisfaction of both parties. And then our listener goes through a list of a bunch of questions, which we're going to cover today. And, and he says, I suppose all of this amounts to a buyer's guide for CPA services. And he says, I myself sometimes wonder if I'm getting a standard level of service from my CPA without the benefit of sampling many CPAs, despite the impracticality of doing so, how would I really know? Well, folks, we're going to tell you today. And I've been looking forward to doing this, uh, uh, this podcast for a long time. Uh, as, as you all know, I've been a CPA, uh, dental CPA for 35 years. Uh, I've actually been a certified public accountant since 1985. So that's 35 years. That's when I got my certificate. And I'm very, very proud of the work that I do as well as the work of what the Academy of Dental CPAs does. So I want to kind of take you through a, um, you know, how, how to hire a CPA, what is a CPA, what is a dental CPA, and who should you be working with? Now, if you can't tell, I'm probably partial to working with a dental CPA, but I want to give you some, some information first. All right. First, let's talk about, uh, what does a CPA do? Now I'm going to read you, uh, from the, um, American Institute of Certified Public Accountants websites, a couple of paragraphs about what is a CPA and what do they do. CPAs are many things. They are chief financial officers for Fortune 500 companies and advisors to small neighborhood businesses. They work for public accounting firms, both small and large. They are well-respected strategic business advisors and decision makers. They act as consultants on many issues, including taxes and accounting. A CPA or certified public accountant is a trusted financial advisor who helps individuals, businesses, and other organizations plan and reach their financial goals. Whatever those goals, savings for a new home, opening a new office, or planning a multi-billion dollar merger, that's where CPAs can help. And yes, we are the trusted advisors. We are the people who you call and say, can I afford to buy this practice? Should I start a retirement plan? How's my business doing? So before I get into all the things that CPAs do, let's talk about how do you become a CPA? Now, every single state in the union have different rules, but I'm going to give you Californians, California's rules because that's what the rules are. And there's variations in this. I'm not going to spend an hour on this. So generally, to be a CPA in California, you have to have a bachelor's degree and you have a have 150 semester unit hours of education in the courses that the state requires you to have it in. You have to take the uniform certified public accountants exam. Folks, that was the hardest three days of my life. We had to take a section on auditing, uh, practice, which is general accounting. Um, uh, what was it? It was audit. It was practice, theory, um, auditing, and business law. And I was very fortunate. I passed the four parts of the CPA exam um, on the first try. 
And I overstudied. I spent about a month and a half, literally locked myself in the house. And my joke that I, I might have told about on this podcast before is uh, I would study from 9 till 5. And from 12 to 1, I took a lunch break because you can't sit and look at this stuff eight hours in a row. And I watched all my children every single day, Monday till Friday, and got hooked on the thing. And that's kind of what got me through the exam. But I, I did become a CPA in 1985. And like I say, there's different rules in different states. So let's talk about for a dentist, what does a CPA do for a dental practice or a dentist? Now, let's think about we got two different types of, of folks we're dealing with. We're talking about people who own practices, and we're talking about people who don't own practices. So if you don't own a practice and you're just getting started or you're an associate dentist, for the most part, what we're going to do is prepare your tax return and do your tax planning and probably should come in once a year to meet with us. And, um, you know, it, it's pretty straightforward. We, we charge you to do that. We do your tax return and that's about it. But for a practice owner, someone who owns a practice, l- let's talk about the, the services that, that a CPA provides. And, and by the way, I do also want to touch here in a second about enrolled agents, um, wh- which I will in a moment. Uh, but most of the folks you work with are CPAs and, a CPA, and we have 250 practices that we work with in our office in Tustin and the Academy of Dental CPAs, as I've told you before, works with over 9,000 dentists and thousands and thousands of practices. So the basic things that we do is we basically do accounting. So accounting can be done in one of two ways. We can either get your check register and your credit card statements and your bank statements and prepare a what's called a compiled financial statement uh, or a tax only tax basis only statement. There's different variations of what we can do and I won't bore you with those. Uh, and then we do this on our own accounting software. But for most of our doctors, most of our doctors use QuickBooks. And uh, what will happen is, is they'll do their accounting on QuickBooks. They'll enter in their credit card charges. They'll enter in their checks, their deposits, uh, they'll reconcile their bank statement. And maybe once a month, depending on the size of the practice, or in many cases, once a quarter, uh, we'll be able to get onto the accountant's copy of QuickBooks and make whatever necessary adjustments, balance the loans, balance the payroll. So hopefully at the end of the year, when we go to do the tax return, it's pretty easy. So that is a basic compliance um, thing that CPAs do. The other thing we do is we prepare your tax returns. And again, I'm talking about the, the, the compliance part of what we do. So we will prepare your tax returns, your personal tax returns, your corporate tax returns, partnership returns, business returns, whatever it is that you need to have done. And then we will also do, um, you know, most of our dentists work with a payroll service. So we have limited access um, to doing payroll. We do have some of our folks who do, uh, we do payroll for, we do the quarterly payroll returns. Some accountants will actually process the payroll for their clients. I personally think that that's really not cost effective for a dentist because a CPA's hourly rates are much higher than what you would get working with a payroll service like an ADP or a Paychex or a um, other services that are out there. Um, we also do 1099 forms and we do property tax statements. So, and, and I do want to touch on uh, enrolled agents and, and I will mention, um, uh, one of our, uh, founding members of our Academy Dental CPAs is Bob Gray. Bob Gray is, and I've talked about Bob. I have such great respect for Bob. Um, Bob is an enrolled agent 
And uh, I would put Bob Gray up against any CPA in the United States as far as his knowledge of tax, accounting, and specifically the metrics of a dental practice. So, folks, if you happen to work with one of our member firms and you're, you, you, you talk to the, the person that is going to be put in charge of your account and maybe they're an enrolled agent, maybe they're not a CPA, Ask more questions. Ask about their experience because, like I say, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the CPA certification is very important. It's very hard to get. Um, I'm very proud of it as are our members. But, again, you know, uh, there are very, very smart enrolled agents out there. And an enrolled agent specifically is getting training in taxation. Uh, and, and that's what they do. And they also can practice in front of the Internal Revenue Service, as can a CPA, as can an attorney. Okay. So you have your, uh, garden variety CPA who works with all kinds of businesses out there. You've got, uh, CPAs that work with retail businesses and wholesale businesses and self-employed people and some dentists and maybe, Physicians and, uh, a dress shop. Who knows? They, they, they do all kinds of things and they're, they're what we call a generalist. Uh, that doesn't make them bad people. It just means they don't have a specific expertise in your industry or your profession. And, um, what they'll do is most of them is they will meet with their clients maybe once a year. Uh, we get a lot of new clients in our practice, as I'm sure do the members of the academy where, uh, I just had one the other day. A doctor came in and said, um, you know, I, I heard you at a lecture and uh, I really liked what you had to say. And you had mentioned, Art, that you meet with your clients three or four times a year, uh, either on the phone or in person. And I said, well, why is that important? He says, well, the last four years, I've written an average of $55,000 in checks to the Internal Revenue Service in the state of California. And I said, well, why is that? I said, well, we just didn't plan and and I said, well, that changes today. So I will tell you that our members of our academy are um, adamant about uh, making sure that there are no surprises. And 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 let's talk about that for a second, folks. So a CPA, when it comes to tax planning, all right, um, you know, and, and again, I, I've talked about this before on the podcast. There's black, there's white, and there's gray. Okay. So white is, uh, when I say white, white is perfectly 100%, um, you know, grade A approved legal tax deduction. Uh, black is 100% grade A, not deductible, don't even go there. And by the way, um, uh, you know, I, well, let me finish this. And then gray and, and I'm not talking about Bob Gray. <laughs> we already talked about Bob. But Gray is, maybe it's deductible, maybe it's not. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Let's go through what the law says or the regulations and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so, again, you know, I, I always tell my clients, and I think that our academy members are probably pretty similar, is we are not the accounting police. Uh, we are not uh, going to basically look at every single receipt for every single expense that you have and say, oh, now, wait a minute. You went to Costco yesterday and um, you spent $343.87. And 
wait a minute, there's 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 baby formula in here. What, what do you need baby formula? No, we don't do that. I have run my CPA practice for 35 years under what I call the we're all adults rules. And what that means, folks, is that we're all adults. You know, you, you, you are a dentist. Uh, you may not be a CPA, but you probably know the difference between a business expense and a personal expense. And if you're going to run the kitchen sink, including the fixtures and the chairs for the kitchen table through your practice, uh, and you're going to call it a business expense, we're going to take a look at it. And if there are some things on there that we're just really not comfortable for, we're going to talk to you about it. But if you go to Costco and run a bunch of personal stuff through and you call it an office expense, it's going on your tax return. And uh, unless you want to pay two, three, four thousand dollars a month for us to go through every single receipt, which my clients and the clients of the ADCPA do not want us to do. And we, we don't. So so that's how that works uh, as far as how we work with our clients. Um, let's talk for a minute about before I get into what a dental CPA does, because I, I really want you to understand this because it's very uh, it's very much a passion of mine. Um, but let's talk about how does a CPA get paid? So everybody in this life, and I talk about this when I'm talking about investment advisors, when I'm talking about attorneys, when I'm talking about dentists, physicians, uh, CPAs, everybody gets paid for what they do. Now, if you hire a uh, someone to clean your house, okay, that's a very honorable profession, and that has a price to it. If you hire someone to do a merger and acquisition uh, negotiation uh, for a publicly held company, that's a little bit of a higher fee. So again, dentists, and I, and I talk about this all the time when I quote fees to our clients, um, it would be really nice, doctors, if we could just have a CDT code or an ADA code that we can just say, okay, so, uh, you know, like for you, 1110 is a profi. Well, all right, 1120 for us is the preparation of 1099s, and that's $39. Um, that's not how our world works. So CPAs are paid generally uh, in one of two ways, and I'll, I'll refer to the dental CPA group that we work with, the Academy of Dental CPAs and my firm. So what happens is, is either you're going to pay us on an hourly basis. Now, again, different CPAs charge for, you know, different levels of services. If I'm going to have someone do your accounting work, uh, that person's hourly rate is going to be at a lower level than my hourly rate. And, uh, they, they go all over the board. Um, it just depends on what part of the country you're in. It depends on the level of expertise of the person that you're dealing with. Um, and that, that's what it is. And I don't, um, I don't apologize for my hourly rate, uh, or the rate of my team members because I know at the end of the day, um, we give a good service. Now, like anything else, you know, there are, you get what you pay for. And that, and that's what it really comes down to. So you're either going to pay for a CPA services on an hourly basis. And, and one thing I do want to point out on an hourly basis. So what happens, doctors, if you call me up and say, listen, I want you to help me get a bank loan because I want to buy a practice. So I talk to you for a half an hour and I charge you for a half an hour of my time. But I also spend 25 minutes on the phone with the representative of a dental lender 
talking about what your situation is, reviewing your tax returns with them, trying to help uh, help you get that loan. You're not on that phone call. You don't see that, but you see it on my bill. And I, I want you to understand that a lot of times we're doing things that you're not on the phone dealing with with me uh, or with one of our, my ADCPA friends. And that's that's important to understand because all we have to sell in our life is our time. As really do you as dentists, it's just that what you do is set out on a series of codes. So, you know, you do a crown, you do a filling, you do a um, a cleaning, you do a root canal. These are all set out on your fees. Now, you have the ability to set your fees, but we don't have fee schedules. Now, there actually are accountants out there. I don't think any of our academy members are, but I could be wrong, but I don't think they are, where CPAs or tax preparers, and you can be a tax preparer without being a CPA or an enrolled agent in many states, uh, what they will do is they will charge you by the form. So if you have itemized deductions, that'll cost you $25. If you have Schedule D capital gains, that'll be $40. Uh, most folks have gone away from that, but there are some that do that. The other way that we charge for our services for our ongoing monthly accounting clients is on a what, what in my office is called our core services fees. And what that does is that kind of flattens everything out. And the reason that I went to that about eight or nine years ago in my practice uh, is because we would we would do nothing or very little for doctors in many of the months of the year. We might do their monthly profit and loss statement and send them that and, and charge them for that. But then we get to April, okay, and we're going to do their 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 business return. We're going to do their personal return. Uh, we're going to do their tax planning. And then we hit them with a huge bill, and and that that didn't go over real well. So what we did is we we spread it out, so we can estimate approximately for our core services, and this is what a lot of our member firms do. Our core services, which is generally accounting, whether we're doing the accounting or we're monitoring and, and adjusting the QuickBooks, um, the tax return preparation, uh, the planning meetings, most questions. You know, if you call me up and say, "Art, should I buy or lease a car?" and we talk for fifteen minutes, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in there. Um, and then the year end meeting, mid year meeting, and we we take all that, figure out how many hours at what rate for what person, and we're gonna come up with we're gonna charge you, Doctor Smith. Um, eight hundred dollars a month, and that's what we're going to charge, or a thousand a month, or and, and and we have clients that are you know low down there that uh, have smaller practices, and we have clients that we charge a lot for because we do a lot more for them. So that's how CPAs charge. Now I'll go to some of these questions that are wonderful listener. I'm not going to mention his name because I just want to be sensitive to that. You know, how often do we meet, and when do you meet? Well. What we do in our office, and a lot of our members will meet with clients four times a year, um, we will have a conversation at the beginning of the year and talk to the doctor and say, doctor, what are you thinking for 2020? And we're at the beginning of the year. And we did that in January. We got with all of our clients and we said, you know, where, where do you think you're going to be if they're incorporated? We set their salaries. Well, you know, Art, I mean, we, we got this marketing program and I think we're going to have a killer year. Well, Maybe we need to up your withholding a little bit. Maybe we need to start talking about a retirement plan. Maybe we need to look at equipment purchases. So we'll meet in January. Then what we'll do is we'll call our doctors mid-year. We'll look at their numbers and we'll say, hey, uh, Dr. Smith, you know, looked at your numbers. And it looks like you're pretty well on track of what we talked about. Anything else we should know? No. 
That might be a five-minute phone call. Anything you want to talk about? Anything coming up on the horizon? No, not really. And, And by the way, doctors, you have our phone numbers, all of you. I want to say that, okay? You all have our phone numbers. If you have a question about something, even if it's not in my wheelhouse, please call me. Call our members of the Academy of Dental CPAs. The, the, the people that I work with, okay, and, and most CPAs, just like most dentists, but the, the people at the academy, I mean, they are so caring. I mean, we, we wake up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning worrying about you guys. Honest to God, we do. Now, I don't get calls from our members at 2 or 3 in the morning saying, yeah, I'm worrying about one of my clients. But we talk about this at our meetings. And, uh, you know, but but if you have something, call us. Because if something happens to you, and you don't call us, we can't help you. I ha- cannot begin to tell you. I mean, I had a doctor who got roped into an investment and put out $250,000. And I said, why, why didn't you call me? Well, he seemed like a nice guy. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was, he really said I was going to make a lot of money. I said, uh huh. So please, please call us. Okay. So we talked about meeting at the beginning of the year. We meet in the middle of the year. Again, some of our ADCPA members I know will do a quarterly meeting with their clients. And then we, at the end, right after October 15th, when the final deadline is done, we will call every client in the practice and schedule meetings. And we'll send a letter out and say, it's time to schedule your meeting. And um, you know, some of them come in. A lot of them come into the office. Uh, some of them, uh, don't. Some of them do it over the phone, uh, Skype, Zoom, go to meeting, whatever you want to, uh, whatever your, uh, program of, of, uh, choice would be. You can do it that way. So, you know, what do we cover in these meetings? We cover tax planning. We cover how's your practice doing. I'm going to get into some of the things that the dental CPA does here in a minute. And, um, let's talk for a minute about location. So I will tell you that when I started my practice, um, I became, I, I think I've told this story, I became uh, the financial services director of the Pacific Institute, which then became the Pride Institute, Jim Pride and Phil Whitener, for those of you who are probably in your 60s and 70s who probably know who they are. They hired me to run their financial services division. I took the job when I was 25 years old. Uh, and that was 35 years ago. So do the math, folks. I turned 68 last August. And, um, you know, I, I was, uh, I was the guy and we had clients because of the fact that the Pride Institute was a national company. We had dentists and I think I took over 25 practices and I think we were in about 13 states. So, you know, I to this day still have clients. And we have about 15 states and, and there are uh, members of our academy who have clients in other states because they did a lecture, someone referred them, what have you. Now, in our academy of dental CPAs, we have kind of an unwritten rule, uh, and we pretty much stay to it. We don't market in other firms' territories. So for example, I'm not going to go and do a dental seminar, uh, in Denver. Uh, although I do speak around the country, if I do, if I do go to Denver, uh, that's Kate Williford's territory, I'll call Kate and say, Kate, I'm giving a lecture to the Dental Society here in Denver, uh, to the State Dental Society. Why don't you come to the meeting? I did that with David Goodman. I spoke at the New York meeting about three years ago. David Goodman is our um, uh, ADCPA member in um, 
in the New York metropolitan area. His firm is actually in uh, in New Jersey. And uh, so I said, David, come to the meeting. So I basically, Dave, I, it turned into, I, I basically had David, uh, called on David many different times on many questions because again, you know, I'm, I'm not marketing for, uh, dentists in, in the state of New York, but we do have clients, uh, all over the country. Uh, again, we're in 15 states, I think, but again, 90, 90 to 95% of our clients are in the state of California. So, does it really matter? I don't think it does, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, if you um, feel like you want to be able to get in the car once a month and drive to your CPA's office, then you should probably have a CPA that's within driving distance. Uh, if once a year you want to come to sunny Southern California or um, go see, uh, you know, we have two great firms um, um in Florida, you want to go to Florida, you want to go to Texas, you want to go to Minnesota, wherever. We're, we're all over the place. You want to go see your CPA once a year? Go see, go see your CPA once a year. But most everything that we do as CPAs does not require a face-to-face meeting. So do not be concerned if you find a dental CPA. Maybe you went to the, I don't know, maybe you went to the Hinman meeting and um, someone was lecturing over there. That, again, is Kate's territory. Uh, you went to the Boston, the Yankee Dental Conference. That's Mark Rosen's group. Uh, and, and by the way, um, Mark, uh, and this podcast is going to come out after this, but, but do, do look on the internet. Mark is doing a, a wonderful webinar on income tax planning. The live date is March 3rd, which again is going to be after the date of this, um, that this podcast is going to come out. However, uh, you can get that on demand. So I would check with Rosen and Associates in Boston or check with Henry Shine. And if you have an opportunity to listen to Mark's podcast on demand, I would absolutely do that. So again, we have people all over the place. So what I want to do, ladies and gentlemen, is spend the rest of the time talking about what does a dental CPA do and, and why it's so important to have one. And like anything else, you want to work with a specialist. You refer your your patients to specialists in many cases uh, because you might not have the expertise to do the work. We have the expertise to, to, to do all of this. So let's talk about what a dental CPA does. We've already talked about what a uh, what a traditional CPA does, okay? So first of all, we can look at your profit and loss statement, and we can tell you in about five minutes where the problems are in your practice. If I look at a dental, if I look at a dentist's uh, financial statements, and I see that their lab bill is three percent of their revenues, I'm going to ask the following questions: Number one, do you have a CAD CAM machine? Do you have a a CIRIC? Do you have a Plan Mecca? Do you have one of those? Uh, and if they say no, I'm going to say, well, okay, doctor, so let's talk about your case presentation. Let's talk about your case acceptance, because if the lab bill is low, that means that the dentist is probably pretty conservative in their diagnosis and treatment planning. A dental CPA knows about this. If supplies are too high, dental supplies should run about five and a half to six and a half percent of your total office production. So if those are too high, uh, then I'm going to ask, you know, are you putting Invisalign supplies in there? Are you putting some equipment in there? Um, are you looking at your supply costs? Are you inventorying them correctly? So I'm going to ask about that. If your staff salaries are 18 to 20%, you're in the right range. If they're not, if they're way too high, what do I see? I see either, doctor, 
You've got long-term employees who you keep giving raises and bonuses to, uh, and and you're just overpaying for what the market is because they're nice people, um, or you're underproducing for your level of staff. These are the things that a dental CPA can do, can take a look at a financial statement, and in no time say, here's why you're out of whack. Uh, the other thing a dental CPA can do is look at your dental management reports or work with uh, metrics programs. So we, there are you know about 10 different metrics programs out there. Uh, Dentametrics, which is with Rick Williford, is a wonderful program. Dental Intel is a wonderful program. There's a lot of great programs out there uh, that can help sync to your management um, programs because when they invented Dentrix, EagleSoft, Open Dental, SoftDent, these were programs that were not intended to help you manage your business. They're intended to help you manage your patients. So they don't give you the management information that you need. So, for example, we at the ADCPA, we all work on these metrics. Some do our own. Some use these dashboards. And, for example, I had a doctor who has a $2.5 million practice. And I got onto one of the metrics programs, and I found out that this doctor had 3,200 active patients. Now, that's a huge practice. Three doctors, uh, nine operatories, 3,200 active patients. But guess what? 1,300 of those patients who had been in within the last 18 months did not have an appointment in the future. And then we looked at the number, uh, the reappointment percentage and their reappointment percentage, which means that when they leave their hygiene appointment, are they making another hygiene appointment? 56%. That means 44% of those patients were walking out the door without an appointment. That's what a dental CPA should do, can do if you want them to. Now it's going to cost you some money for them to do that because again, it's, it's our expertise in being specifically um, you know, experts in your business. So they should be able to look at where can you, where are their profit holes in your practice and where is your overhead too high? So that's on the business side. They should help you decide whether you can afford to expand. I've got a doctor right now in South Orange County who is busting at the seams, busting, busting, busting. He's been looking for a building for three years and we've been working with him and talking to him and I introduced him to the bank and, um, Finally found the building, and it looks like they're going to go in a contract. Well, I'm going to quarterback the whole thing. What am I going to do? And this is what any of our ADCPA members would do. I'm going to connect them with the bank, which we've already done. I'm going to basically say, you're not going into contract on anything until you and I sit down and run the numbers on this. Never do an expansion. Never build out an office. Never do anything that's going to cost you money without a plan. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, some of the things that dental CPAs do that in many cases regular CPAs don't is we'd recommend something called a cost segregation study. So when my, when my client buys this building, what are we going to do? We're going to do, uh, we have companies that do this. We're going to go out to the company and we actually had, uh, uh Kurt Gautreau, uh, out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana and out of Baton, Re- Baton Rouge. Let me give a, a shout out to my really good friends, um, Apple Guerin and company. I love those guys. They are the best. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, Kurt is out there and, uh, he does, he's done probably 10 studies for me. Uh, he's a CPA and all this stuff. And he actually recorded a podcast. If you go into our website, www.hmwccpa.com, 
You can look at the third or fourth podcast I ever did back uh, early January of 2019, and you'll learn all about the cost segregation studies. This is a way to get assets that you're buying or building uh, from being depreciated over 39 years to being depreciated over five years and maybe in the current year. Um, Section 199A, we've talked about. I did a podcast on that uh, several months ago. It's a great deduction. It could be a forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars deduction. But if you don't structure your your entity and your income correctly, it could be a zero deduction. A dental CPA that they live that and breathe that in their sleep. Uh, retirement plans. You know, we we spend a lot of time getting involved in. Should you have a simple IRA? Should you have a a, a profit sharing plan with a four hundred one k components? A safe harbor four hundred one k. Are you ready for a defined benefit? I've talked on this podcast about how if you're three or four years away from a um, uh, from retirement, you should set up a defined benefit pension plan and plan on the third or fourth year when you're going to sell your practice to put three or four hundred thousand dollars away. I've done that twice in the last six months, and it works magically. Again, my job is to run up the federal death uh, federal deficit as much as I possibly can. Um, what about putting your spouses and kids on payroll? I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, when is it legal? How do you do it? Um, what's the right way to do it? What's the wrong way to do it? I had one doctor who wanted to pay his son $100,000. And I said, well, unless he's going to go out and win the Masters and <laughs> talk about your practice on national TV, I don't see how you're going to do that. But that's another story. Um How do you handle leasing your building to your professional corporation or your partnership? And what are the rules involved with that? Uh, You know, how do you, how do you manage a car being a dentist? So these are all of the, the financial and tax things uh, that we do. Uh, A dental CPA should also be able to help you with your financial planning. Uh, Many of our members are certified financial planners, um, and and they can help you with your investments. About about half of our members actually um, work with investments and and, and help their clients with that. And uh, again, you know, give me a – shoot me an email and tell me where you are, and I'll tell you the firm in your area from the ADCPA, and they can help you with that. But we should be – Working with you on your long-term financial plan. We're the trusted advisors. We should be talking to you about your estate plan. Uh, do you have wills? Do you have trusts? This is all the things we do. Many of our members have checklists of what we do and how we do it. Um, how about getting your kids through college? Do you do a 529 plan? Do you just save the money yourself? Uh, do you send them, you know, Whisper Community College in their ear every night from the age of six months until they're 18 and then only pay for two years? That, that didn't work out well for me, but my two boys ended up doing really well and, um, uh, it, it's great. I'm, uh, uh, you know, very excited to help, help our clients with, with all that. So the bottom line is, a dental-specific CPA, folks, you're going to probably pay a little more than you might be paying now, but you're going to get more. It's like the difference between buying a car for $30,000 and buying a car for 100000 Do they both get you from point A to point B? Yeah. They are both have four wheels. They both have a steering wheel. They both have a radio. But the $100,000 car... Uh, has better parts, better performance. Um, when you step on the gas, it goes instead of clunks. And, you know, same thing with a CPA, same thing with a dentist. That's why we tell you guys, you, you ladies and gentlemen, 
you know, be the best dentist you can. Go and get the education. Go to Spear. Go to Coist. Go to Panky. Uh, go to LVI. Go wherever you're going to go. Go and become the best. That's what we do. And the other thing that that we as dental CPAs do is we speak at local and national dental meetings. Um, I speak all the time. I do this podcast. Uh, our members are speaking at all the virtually every dental school in America is covered by an Academy of Dental CPA member, and. I get people who call me up and say, I wish you, I hired you 30 years ago when I heard you in 1986. And I said, well, my hair is a different color now, but that's nice of you to say, and we'll take care of you now. So we, we do a lot of speaking, and we work with other professionals also, and this is really important. So here's an example. I had a doctor, one of my dear, dear clients, a uh, specialist, calls me up one day and says, Art, and I, I just there's some clients that we have in the ADCPA you just become friends with. Um, and this doctor says, I have stage four cancer. And I started to cry, and I don't cry very much. And it was very, very sad. And it, the, the, the good news, cutting to the end of the story, is he's still alive, and he's beat it, and it looks like he's going to make it. But the first thing I said to him is, I said, do you have disability insurance? Yeah, yeah, I have like 20000 a month. I said, have you called the disability company? Yeah, I was going to call him on Monday. I go, nope, do not call them. So I referred him to my friend, Randy Curry, who's a dental, and he's not dental specific, but he specializes. He works with a lot of dentists. I guess you could call him a dental specific attorney, but works with clients and helping them to deal with the insurance companies. We got this doctor, all of his 20000 a month until the end of the policy period. Plus, we got him over $300,000, $300,000. Now, it's taxable. Uh, from his business overhead policy by reading it and understanding it and understanding and writing letters to the Dental Society. Now, I'm not blowing my own horn, but I know my member firms in the ADCPA do this work. So it's knowing the right professionals, knowing the attorney. We had another doctor called me up. He says, Art, I'm buying a practice. I'm buying the practice next door to me. I'm going to get a, I'm, I'm going to get a, uh, I'm going to get a, an SBA loan, $900,000 loan. I said, no, you're not. He said, what do you mean? No, I'm not. I want to buy the practice. I said, you'll buy the practice, but I'm going to refer you to this particular bank. He says, well, I've been turned down by all the banks. And I said, well, I got one that you might not get turned down. We saved this doctor $32,000 in SBA fees. And I guarantee you, my friends at the ADCPA have similar stories. So, folks, I want to put a bow on this because we're getting to about the end of our time. Work with a dental-specific CPA. Whether If it's someone from our academy, that's wonderful. There are other excellent dental CPAs out there, but our group is, and I'm sorry, I'm partial. Sue me. What can I tell you? Um, our group is the best. And uh, these dental CPAs will absolutely, absolutely take good care of you, and they will give you advice that you've never had in your career. You will be absolutely blown away. So before I leave you today, let me give out our information again. Um, our phone number in our office at Tustin, California is 714-505-9000. Send me an email at artwiederman at gmail.com. Uh, go on to the Decisions in Dentistry website, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, if you're not subscribing to the magazine, go to the About page, go to Subscribe, and you can subscribe. They have amazing uh, research-based clinical content. They have um, fantastic continuing education courses. Uh, if you, uh, like I say, if you want to get a hold of me, it's artwiederman at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you are looking for a dental-specific CPA anywhere in the United States of America, the Academy of Dental CPAs website is www.adcpa.org. And uh, please give them a call. You won't be sorry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that information was helpful. I hope I answered the question of our wonderful listener um, uh, who sent me the questions. I thought it was very timely. And uh, please continue to listen to the podcast. Um, if you go on to the Decisions in Dentistry website uh, and you basically click on answer some questions and give us some information, we'll send you some really good articles. Uh, and uh, again, just make sure you plan uh, enjoy your life, have that life, uh, work balance, uh, because, you know, it's not a, life's not a dress rehearsal. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management. I'm Art Wiederman, CPA. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.